I'm Maria Hill, and this is The Haunted Spaces, a podcast of short stories about the paranormal. I've always thought that stories of kids with imaginary friends were super creepy. I mean, are their imaginations really so vivid and creative that they manage to develop an entire person who they then interact with? When they pretend to talk to their friend, do they feel silly or wonder what people are thinking? Or are they actually talking to someone that no one else can see? And they are wondering why we are so silly for saying there's no one there. Do you think kids have the ability to see and interact with people or things that are not visible to everyone? This week's story is about a family who moves into a new home and they find themselves in a dangerous situation with their child's new imaginary friend. A warning to my listeners, This story has some disturbing content that may be upsetting to some. Here's story number three, New Town, New Friends, part one. Lily plunged her hands into the warm dishwater and scrubbed the pot. She looked up and glanced outside the large window that overlooked her perfectly landscaped backyard. The mums that bordered the edge of the stamped patio were in full bloom creating a colorful separation of concrete and grass. The tall maple tree that stood near the edge of the property cradled a tire swing on one side and towered over a wooden swing set with a slide on the other. They really did a nice job with this yard, she thought. It's too bad they didn't stay to enjoy it, but it's so perfect for Sam. Her son was running through the yard with his arms straight out to his sides, swerving and tipping his body from side to side as if he were a plane. Lily smiled. She watched Sam climb onto a log behind the swings, balance the length of it, and cheer as he jumped off the end. He ran back to the front and did it again. She snickered to herself and finished with the pot, pulling it out of the dripping water. She rinsed it off and put it in the rack before reaching for the hand towel to dry her hands. The counter was empty. Where did I put that towel? It was just right here, she thought. Lily searched around the kitchen, but it was nowhere to be found. She finally gave up, wiping her hands on her jeans. The light above the sink flickered a few times and then went dark. Crap, she said to herself. I'll have to have Jamie look at it when he gets home. She pulled open the glass French doors that led to the patio and stepped out under the pergola that shaded the patio. Mommy, Sam yelled as he ran up to her. He wrapped his arms around her waist and she bent over to embrace him back. You having fun out here? She asked. Sam nodded. Me and Toby were digging in the dirt. He pointed to the disturbed earth underneath the swing set. With her hands on her hips, Lily furrowed her brow and looked around the yard. The gate was closed, and there was no sign of any other neighborhood children. Who's Toby? she asked him. He looked up at her and replied, Just my friend, and he ran off to the swing set. Lily walked over to the two small holes that were dug in the dirt. A miniature action figure was lying inside one hole and two in the other. A fourth toy stood up at the top of the holes as if it were looking into or watching over the toy people inside. Shading the sun from her eyes, she again peeked around the yard but didn't see anything amiss. She squatted down to examine one of the toys, picking it up and rotating it in her hand. Where did these come from? She thought. 
She shrugged and dropped it back in. Next time, just let me know when a friend comes over, okay? Okay, Mommy, he replied and continued to swing. Lily walked back inside and finished tidying up before Jamie got home. The previous owners had remodeled the whole house before they left. The kitchen was her favorite room. It had enormous white cabinets, white marble countertops, a spacious island with a built-in wine refrigerator, a farmhouse sink, and a double oven set into the wall. It was her dream kitchen and where she spent most of her time since they moved in. Their new town was growing on Lily. It was small, but it had some amazing local restaurants and a quaint main street with a cafe and specialty boutiques. It had a lot to offer a growing young family, with highly rated schools and a major medical university. Jamie had landed a high position at the university and had somehow managed to get Sam a spot at the exclusive St. Andrew's Preschool, unheard of for a family so new to the area. St. Andrew's is where Lily met Gina Nichols and Kimberly Franklin, her newest and only friends here. They had met at Meet the Teacher Night, where Lily and Gina had both found themselves sitting in Miss Davis's classroom at the same tiny table, looking through their kids' colored bins of crayons and glue sticks. Gina had introduced Lily to her sister-in-law, Kimberly, whose children were also in the class. The three of them had a standing Wednesday morning play date at Proctor Park, where they caught up on the neighborhood gossip while the kids played together. This week was colder than last, and Lily warmed her hands with a hot cup of coffee. She took a deep breath, inhaling the autumn air. She loved this time of year, especially now that the leaves were starting to transition to deep reds and oranges, standing out against the blue sky. Oh my gosh, Kimberly interrupted the peaceful moment. Have you tried the new bakery downtown? She spread her fingers apart dramatically and spoke slowly. It is to die for, she emphasized. She shifted to stand with one hand on her hip and her latte in the other. She took a sip and smacked her lips. They have the best cannolis, so good. They do this orange filling with mini chocolate chips for Halloween. Kimberly took another sip of her coffee and again smacked her lips, flicking her long ponytail behind her. Mmm, Lily said to her flatly. That sounds amazing. She secretly cringed inside at the lip smacking. When she had first met Kimberly a year ago, she made the mistake of calling her Kim when she stuck her hand out to introduce herself. It's Kimberly, she corrected. Kim is a teenager's name? Noted, Lily thought, taken aback by her brashness. Gina suppressed a chuckle and whispered to her, Bet you won't do that again. Lily blushed. Gina looked like she walked out of a magazine with perfect clothing and natural makeup. She was in amazing shape for recently having a baby. She blew on her green tea while she rocked a stroller back and forth. I'll be lucky if I get 15 minutes of this, she stated. If I stop rocking her for a second, she wakes up screaming. She shook her head and glanced at Kimberly. Maybe if your brother would get up with her once in a while, then I could get some sleep, she smirked. You're the one who married him, Kimberly replied. Gina's little girl, Ella, was a miniature version of her. 
She ran around the park with her long, shiny, dark pigtails, chasing after Sam and the boys. They ran away from her, squealing. Weston and Spencer, Kimberly's twins, were small and scrappy. They almost never listened, fought with everyone, and screamed incessantly. Lily secretly called them the screamers. Weston was known at St. Andrews for biting and Spencer for hitting when he didn't get his way. Ella was the only child Lily had ever seen get away unscathed by them. Ella ran up to her mom and asked if the baby could come out and play. Gina sighed. Sorry, Elle. It's a little too chilly today for Sophia to come out. Maybe we can have some special sister time when we get home, okay? Ella seemed satisfied with this answer, nodded, and ran back to the boys, who were beginning a game of hide-and-seek. She joined in without missing a beat and took over. I'm it! she yelled. Gina and Lily laughed. Kimberly watched with her arms crossed as the boys went and hid. Ella stood by the hedges with her hands covering her eyes, counting loudly to ten. Ready or not, here I come, she shouted and sprung into action, hunting for the boys. Man, I wish I had as much energy as her, Lily said. Gina agreed. I know, I can barely keep up with her anymore, especially now with the baby. Kimberly snorted. That's why I'm so glad I had the twins. One and done. She held up her index finger and nodded, proud of herself. What about you, Lil? You guys going to have any more? Gina asked. Lily thought about it and stood up. I don't know, maybe. More than one seems like a lot of work. She looked in the direction of the kids and checked her watch. Kimberly chimed in. You've got more than enough room in that huge house of yours with just one kid. The last family, Gina shot her a dirty look. Lily didn't seem to notice and stood up to leave. Well, she paused. We need to get going. We're going to story time at the library and I don't want to be late. She walked over to where the kids were playing. Weston and Spencer were arguing with their cousin. Their shouting became louder the closer Lily got to them. You didn't count to ten, Ella. Weston yelled, kicking a leg in her direction. Ella moved closer to him aggressively and stopped, posturing. Yes, I did, she retorted. You just didn't have a good hiding spot, she smirked. Okay, kids, it's just a game. Where's Sam? Lily asked. Ella looked around and shrugged. I haven't found him yet, she said, looking up at Lily. Want to help me? Lily looked at her watch again impatiently. Sure, she sighed. Let's go find him. They scattered, searching the playground. As Lily approached the hollowed-out rock climber, she heard two voices in a hushed conversation coming from underneath it. She stopped to listen and recognized Sam's voice. I don't think Mommy will like that, he said quietly. She heard a muffled voice that she couldn't decipher. I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble, Sam said. Sammy? Lily called. Is that you under there? She bent over to look under the plastic rock. Sam was sitting by himself, cross-legged, facing an empty spot in front of him. Lily looked at him, then over to the empty spot, and then back at Sam. Who were you just talking to? She asked him. Just Toby, he responded. Toby, she paused, you're a friend from the backyard? Yeah, he replied, and crawled out from under the rock climber.
Where did he go? She questioned nervously. He shrugged. Home, I guess. He wiped the dirt off his knees and ran toward the car. Lily stood up and stared at the empty spot where Sam had just been sitting. What is this, an imaginary friend? Was she going crazy? She could have sworn she heard two voices. As they prepared for dinner later that evening, Jamie put his hand over Lily's. You okay? You seem worried about something. Oh no, it's nothing, Lily shook her head and forced a smile. I'm just thinking about all the decorations I need to put out tomorrow, she perked up. It's almost time for Halloween. Jamie thought his wife got a little out of control when it came to decorating for Halloween. He let her go crazy with the pumpkin and scarecrow decorations. He even gave the okay for black cats and witches, but he drew the line at gravestones and skeletons in the front yard. Yay, he said sarcastically, waving his hands in the air. Lily giggled at his reaction as she stood at the bottom of the stairs and called up, Sammy, time to eat. Okay, Mommy. He came bouncing down the steps, swung himself around the banister, and leapt down the hallway to the dining room. Hey, buddy. Jamie bent down and gave Sam a hug. How was your day? He noticed a large bruise on Sam's forearm. What happened to your arm? He asked, lifting it up to examine it in his hand. Sam yanked it away and covered it quickly with his hand. I fell down at the playground, he responded quickly and turned to go to the table. Jamie caught him before he could leave. Sammy, it looks like a handprint. Did someone grab your arm? He asked his son. Sam hesitated but finally surrendered, looking at the floor. It was Toby. Thank you for telling me the truth. Sam ran and sat at the table for dinner. Jamie was furious. Who was this little jerk, Toby? A freaking handprint? He gathered himself together and went to the table. Lily put a heaping spoonful of mashed potatoes on the plate in front of Sam. His eyes grew wide with delight. Mashed potatoes, my favorite, he squealed. Lily took a seat across from Jamie. We need to talk, Jamie whispered across the table through clenched teeth. She nodded okay, wondering what that was all about. As she placed her napkin on her lap, she jumped back up. Oh, I almost forgot. She went into the kitchen and came back with another plate of food and set it beside Sam's. Jamie and Sam looked at her, confused. I thought maybe your imaginary friend would like some dinner too, Lily said to Sam, putting a bite of chicken in her mouth and watching his face for a response. He has an imaginary friend, Jamie asked. Sam covered his mouth with his hands and giggled. But he isn't here right now. Where is he? Isn't he hungry? She asked. Sam took a sip of his milk. He lives in the woods. He shoved a huge spoonful of mashed potatoes in his mouth. He says he's not allowed inside unless I invite him in. Lily and Jamie exchanged glances. After dinner, Jamie waited for Sam to go to the playroom before turning to Lily and declaring, we need to call his teacher. She looked up at him as she gathered the dirty dishes in her hands. For what? She questioned, walking to the sink. Did you see the bruise on his arm? He asked her through repressed anger. Said some kid named Toby did it. Lily stopped and spun around to face him. What did you say? Jamie was annoyed that he had to repeat himself. I said some kid. No, not that. 
she interrupted. What did you say the kid's name was? Toby, he replied frustrated. Lily's eyes widened and she stared at Jamie as tears formed in her eyes. Oh my God, she whispered. What? Jamie begged. Toby is the name of Sam's imaginary friend. At bedtime, Jamie went upstairs to tuck Sam in and say goodnight. As he approached the door to the bedroom, he heard Sam shouting from inside the room. He stopped outside with his ear to the door. I said no, Sam yelled. Jamie flung the door open, alarmed by Sam's tone. He was sitting alone on the floor under the window, facing in toward the bedroom. His arms were crossed defiantly over his chest, a scowl on his face. What's wrong, bud? He knelt down beside his son and rubbed his hair gently. What's all the yelling in here? Toby wants me to let him inside, but I don't want him to come in, he answered. Jamie glanced around the room. Is Toby here now? He asked, concerned. Out there, he said, pointing to the window. Jamie felt a prickle of anxiety, and his eyes shot to the closed window. He stood up and walked toward it, afraid of what he might see when he got there. Closing his eyes, he took a deep breath before gathering the strength to look outside. Jamie's heart beat in his throat as he stepped closer and peered out the window down to the grass below. The lawn was still. He shifted his eyes to the empty street, but saw only a glowing streetlight. He exhaled, feeling embarrassed for letting his imagination get the best of him. This is so ridiculous, he thought, shaking his head. Jamie unlatched the window. Daddy, don't open the window. Jamie looked over to Sam and reassured him. It's okay. I'm just going to make sure there's nothing out there. Please don't open it, Dad, Sam pleaded as Jamie lifted the window and stuck his head out, checking on both sides of the window before closing it again. It's okay, Sammy. There's no one there, he said, and turned around to comfort him. Sam was covering his eyes with both hands now. You shouldn't have done that, he said quietly. Love this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe, rate, and review The Haunted Spaces. Thank you for listening. This is Maria Hill, and you've been listening to The Haunted Spaces. Tune in next week to hear a new ghostly tale. Until then, keep your eyes and ears open for what may be sharing your spaces.